Matthew 16 and verse number 15. I said to you, and I wasn't joking that I'd preached all night in my sleep. And the Lord was showing me some things, speaking to my heart. I don't know if he talks to you that way, but he sure does me. In verse number 15 of Matthew 16, it said, He said unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Father, help me just a little while as I speak to your precious people here this morning. Father, that you could be glorified, Father, in all that would be done and all that would be said here today, Father. Give glory to the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. For we ask it, believe and we'll also receive it and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now the thought that God wrestled with me all night with, I was seeing my home church in Madison County, a little white country church, and I saw the church building, and it was disassembled. And I I thought, Lord, what are you trying to show me? Now I'm telling you what my dream was last night. And this church house was just the framework and the floor. And God said, the church needs work. And I tell you, I worked on the church all night long trying to get it back together. And I kept asking God, I said, God, what are you trying to show me? And he said to me, you can't do it by yourself. I was working on that building, Chris, all night long by myself, laboring hard, doing all that I knew how to do. And, And Rick, there's nothing that I couldn't do by myself, but I couldn't get it all done by myself. And as I was working on that building, And it seemed like the more I worked, the more that needed to be done. Isn't that the way the church is today? We still got a work we need done in the church today. I believe that God himself is speaking to our hearts and and saying, and I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, who tore the church down? Who tore the church down, Lord? And his answer to me was, who killed Jesus? Then we get here this morning and our Sunday school is on basically the same thing. And I thought about as Richard was teaching that, no wonder God wrestled with me all night long. No wonder I worked on the building all night long. What is the division in the church? What is, are you the division or am I the division? Is the Bible the division? All of these things could be. But I hope and pray none of them are. Are we all on the same page in the Bible? Is your Bible a King James Version? Then we're on the same page together. Amen. 
So we shouldn't have no division there. Do we agree that we need to work on the building? Then there shouldn't be any disagreement there. Now, let me ask a very serious question. Do you believe that you have a responsibility to help on the building? That's where we come short a lot of times. We think somebody else ought to do it. Somebody else ought to take their time. Somebody else ought to take their dollar. Somebody else ought to give. Somebody else ought to do this. Somebody else ought to do that. All I want to do is sit on a pew. That ain't the way church works. Church is a family. Now I was raised up the old school family. If a family member had a need, you went and met that need of that family. I was brought up as a towhead boy on Anderson Branch. There at Anderson Branch, Free Will Baptist Church, if somebody's house burnt down, you didn't think nothing about it. You went up there, you went to cutting pine logs and peeling pine logs, and you built them a log house till they could do better. You say, how do you know that? That's what I was raised in. I was raised in a two-room log house that was built that very way. The old home place caught on fire and it burnt two-thirds of the house uh, and all the neighbors got together. All the family got together. The women began to cook. The men began to take the mules and go to the woods and bring in pine logs. And Some was peeling, some was cutting and stacking and they built that two-room house in one day. Amen. Why? Because many hands was involved in building that house. Was it fancy? <laughs> no. Had cardboard on the ceiling, cardboard on the walls. Uh, amen. Had a pot-bellied stove in one room with three beds. Uh, in the other room was a kitchen table, a kitchen stove, wood cook stove, and a bed in the kitchen. Amen. Nothing fancy. One light bulb in each room. Gravity-fed water. But did we have a roof over our head? Yes. yes. Was it dry? Yes. Was it sufficient? Yes. I'm asking you this morning, church, are you willing to work on the building? Teal Brown used to sing years. Anybody know that song, Working on the Building? All right, who's got the version of it? You're going to sing it for the invitation. So you and get together, trio. I've seen girls shaking their heads so you're about to know it. You don't know that in Christian? You're fixing to learn it. We're going to work on the building together. Amen. We're going to pull our weight. We're going to join together. We don't want to come one day and look at these walls and all you'll see. And by the way, just a week or so ago, I went by a church that used to be a church and now it's nothing. Just a shambles, rotted to the ground. Let me tell you why. Because the man that was pastoring at that church, Brother Julius offered to go down there and preach. The man got sick, wasn't able to preach. Nobody's preaching in that church but me, he said. So it's no longer a church. You know what it is? It's a pile of block. It's rubble. Listen, if it's only me holding this church together, this church will fall. Amen. The church is you. I'm just the pastor, amen. I'm trying to keep the flock. I'm talking about Anderson Branch Free Will Baptist Church, amen, where I grew up and God showed me a vision last night. Somebody needs to work on the building. That church is over 150 years old and it's still going. Why? 
somebody went to my grandmother and said, Bonnie, would it be all right if I go down and open the church doors and go to preaching? Grandma went to shouting. She said, I've been waiting for a man to come and say, we want to open the church up. See, it closed down for a little while because my generation got up, moved off, uh, and the older generation wasn't able to come. Listen to you. You hear me this morning. It, listen, I'm getting older. These other guys are getting older. This younger generation is going to have to step in the gap. Amen. They're going to have to start working on the building and make sure the building continues to be a soul winning station for the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what I'm looking for. Somebody that's willing to work and open the doors into whosoever will. Let him come and drink of the water of life. He looked at Peter and said, Peter, upon this rock. It wasn't Peter, amen. He's talking about himself. Upon this rock I'll build my church. This church is founded on Jesus Christ. When I'm dead and gone, this church will continue on because Jesus is Lord of this church. Are you willing to work on the building? I'm going to hurt some of you's feeling right now. Just go ahead and grab your heart. I don't want you to fall out on the floor where I have to give you mouth to mouth. Every single person in this building this morning has a talent that God wants to use. Amen. Amen. I can look around. Miss Glenda, I ain't picking on you, honey. But she's kind of old and frail. But I'll guarantee you that's probably one of the best cooks in this building. I would love to taste her biscuits and gravy, wouldn't you? Rick, I know you have. Don't stand back there and grin. I know you've tasted her biscuits and gravy. See, it doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are. I remember my little Jason when, when I was building my first house. God bless his little heart. He was about maybe Grayson's age. And he wanted to help Daddy. And I was putting the subfloor down. And he said, Daddy, I want to drive some nails. So I give him a 50-pound box of eight-penny nails. And I thought he'll drive two or three mice's finger and quit. I said, just sit down here, son, and drive all the nails you want to drive. I think he drove half of that box. It took me two hours to pull all them nails out he had drove in. I wish to God I'd have said, son, follow this line and drive them nails. He drove as many as I drove, I know. We didn't have nail guns back then. All you had was a hammer. Amen. And I thought to myself, that little fella drove all them nails. See, it doesn't matter how young you are, how old you are. If he had only drove two nails, it would have helped. Hello? One nail, it helped. Amen. Every nail he drove in the right place is a nail I didn't have to drive. Now, I'll just tell you. I wasn't used to swinging the 24-ounce hammer. I was working at Pine Valley in Old Fort when I was building that house. I drove a 50-pound box of 16 pennies the first day. Next morning, I went out there, Rick, got in that 66 Ford, and I had to take my arm like this and set it up on the gear shift. I couldn't even raise my arm up. I'd swung that hammer so much, my arm was killing me. And I thought, Lord God, how am I going to get through this? 
I went to Pine Valley, worked eight hours, come back to the house, rich and got the hammer and drove another 50-pound box. What are you saying, preacher? We need some people that's willing to work through the pain, the sorrows, and the trouble. Well, God is looking for a crowd, amen. That's not a bunch of jellyfish that'll back up, whine and cry at every little thing. But God's looking for a people, amen, that's so peculiar that they'll work through the pain. They'll get up and shout victory even though they're dying with a heart attack. They've got cancer. They're going to shout the victory all the way. Working on the building. Boy, have you ever had a dream you didn't want to wake up? I woke up and it was dark. And I thought, Lord, let me finish that dream. I know you're talking to me, Lord. Just keep talking. I want to know what you want me to do. And he's telling me to tell the church, church, we need to get busy. Time is short. Time is real short. Time is real short. I said, time is real short, folks. You say, preacher, how do you know? Well, the Word of God said it. Amen. Amen. Listen to me. Listen. He said unto his disciples, as one had already turned her back and walked away, he said, will you also leave me? Will you also turn and run and go away? Listen, at the first little opposition, are you going to jellyfish out on God and go to the house and sit down? I know a multitude this morning quit working on the building. They've gone to the house and sat down and they're doing nothing for God. But they think by God's merciful grace they're going to make it into heaven. Listen, if God's word is a judgment unto you, you better read God's word. For he said, forsake not the assembly of thyselves together. And much more as you see the day approaching. Brother, if you don't see the day approaching, your building's down to the nubs already. I believe you need to, listen, I want to say this and you can back it up with the word of God. There's no other foundation than Jesus Christ. No other foundation than Him crucified. Arose the third day sitting on the right hand of the Father. There's no other foundation that you can lay. Just build on that. I wonder this morning. Now listen to me carefully. I doubt there's a soul in here knows where Anderson Branch is in Madison County. If you go down to Walnut and go down to cross the river, French Broad River, this is you cross the river on that bridge, you have a choice. Go straight, that's Big Pine, turn left, that's Anderson. Goes right up by the river, back up into the hills. There's not a whole lot of folks still live up in that way. But that little white church sitting by the roadside, that has no meaning in this world whatsoever, has a lot of meaning to me. That's where I first heard the gospel preached. That's where I first saw the demonstration of the power of the Holy Ghost of God. Listen, it may not mean nothing to nobody in this world, but the church means something to me. I believe it means something to God whether there's five in attendance or 5,000 in attendance. If God is there, that's all you need anyhow. 
that little old church taught me something that the power of God is real. I seen things as a young boy in that church that I could not believe my eyes were seeing. I seen ladies grab up a hot stove that was cherry red and never have a mark on them. I seen them shake their head and worship God to every bobby pin in their head was flung out. They'd take their little aprons and pan them for God. I'm telling you, there was power down at the house of God. Why? Because they were in unity together. They went to worship. They didn't go to look at each other's clothes because none of them had good clothes. It's all brogans and bibbed overhauls and homemade dresses out, out of flower sack. But they went to worship a true and living God in a little white country church that just had a bucket and a dipper and an outhouse. That's all they had. When I first started going to church there, they didn't even have electric lights. Coal oil lamps along the wall. Amen. I remember when they run electric up Anderson Branch. Dropped it over to my grandmother's house. And we had one light bulb in each room. And had a place to plug the refrigerator up. We thought we had moved uptown to the Ritz. You didn't have to get up and cut the lamp out. Didn't have to trim the wick. Didn't have to clean the globe. Just pull a chain. A lot of you don't even know what I'm talking about. Just pull a chain. And a light come on. 60 watt bulb. <laughs> what a day that was when the lights came on. And I began to praise God, thinking about, Lord, I'm glad we got lights in the house of God. I'm glad we got heat and AC in the house of God. I'm glad we got padded pews, carpet on the floor. I'm glad we got a piano and guitars and a choir to sing in. I'm glad we got Sunday school room that we can go to. That little one room church didn't have all of that. Had a piano because the Davises, which was my grandmother, Boyd, she was a Davis. Her family played. Elsie and Elsie Davis twins. You talking about playing piano. And I'll never forget when Elsie's little girl sat up beside her every Sunday on that bench. One day we were all outside and we began to hear music being played inside. And everybody wondered who was in there playing because Elsie and Elsie was outside with us. And we walked back and looked in there. There's Elsie's little girl sitting on that piano pew, seeing her mother play, and they began to play herself. And she could play beautifully. And I thought, God has visited Anderson Branch free will, but I'm fixing to shout. Somebody hold a mew. I'm on a run a while. Hey, I wish God visited us again in that manner and fashion where the Holy Ghost laid them out in the choir, in the altar, everywhere. People falling out under the power of God. They had blankets back then on the communion table. When people fell out of the power, they'd cover them up. Decency. I've seen men take their coats, cover them up. So many of them fell out, they didn't have enough blankets to cover them. What happened to that church? We quit working on the building. We're satisfied with just the skeleton. 
We don't want the power of the Holy Ghost like that no more. Bless God, I do. Uh, I want Him so powerful. I can feel Him now crawling all over me. I want God so real in the house of God that those that are lost and done without God can't sit in the house of God that they'll fall in an altar and give their life to God. That's what I want for the house of God. What do you want? Do you just want a form and a fashion denying the power of the Holy Ghost? Then you got the wrong pastor. I want God's power to be so real in the house of God that when they open the door, the Holy Ghost greets them at the door. And he's whispering in their ear, come unto me, all you that's heavy laden. I'll give you some rest. Hey, I'll save you, sanctify you, fill you with the Holy Ghost. I'll make you a different creature than what you are. I remember the first car that ever tried to pass the church. Matter of fact, it was a tractor. My distant uncle, great uncle, thought he'd go around the mountain and plow some that Sunday. It'd been wet that week. He's supposed to be at church. You listen to what I'm telling you. He come up the road and we heard that tractor coming. You didn't hear no cars. You didn't hear nothing past that church. Sunday was a sacred holy time. You didn't drive by that church. You didn't walk by that church. If you've seen them walking, they was walking to that church. But here he come. Come up the road on that Ford tractor. Going around on the mountain to do some plowing. And listen to me. Drove right off in the branch. Right at the church. I can still see that tractor nose down in that branch. The road straight off into the branch and then the church. And we all rushed out of the church to see if he was hurt. And his words was, I should have been in there with you, not out here. What was he saying? I should have been building on the church instead of trying to build on my future plowing ground. God has recompensed, he said. I'll never forget it. He went in the house of God, repented of his sin, never even tried to get the tractor out, left it in the creek all night. He said, I'll bring a team of mules tomorrow, pull it out, said, I'm not doing anything else on Sunday. And he began to be regular at the house of God. He'd go milk his cows, slop his hogs, and show up at church, amen, every Sunday. Why? Because God said, don't pass by the church, come in the church. We need somebody working on the building. You say, preacher, what was it? He just needed to be in the presence of a holy God. What about you? Peter, upon this rock I'll build my church. If you look it up, church is only mentioned twice, not church edge, just the word church. is only mentioned twice in the book of Matthew. In the whole four Gospels, church is only mentioned twice. Churches is mentioned more. But the word church is only mentioned twice. And I asked God this morning. I said, God, why is that only mentioned twice in the Word of God, in the four Gospels? He said, listen to me now. I was after the lost. The church ought to be right by itself. Hello? The trouble of it is, we have to spend more time going out of church, church folk than we do going out of the lost. 
Church folk ought to be at the house of God. Church folk ought to be in the presence where the preaching's going on and praising is going on and you can contribute your two cents so it'll be a better service. Just like Jesus preached more on hell than he did heaven. They tell me that 25% of the New Testament was preaching on hell that Jesus done. 25% of his preaching was on hell. Well, if it's that important to the Lord, how important should it be to the church? Listen, the church will never be nothing without you. Amen. It's just a building. If it don't have living souls in it, it's just a building. You can have the prettiest building in this country and still not have God. You can have the biggest congregation in this country and still not have God. That little white country church showed me something when I was a little boy. It wasn't the fanciness of it. It was the people that was in it and the God they was worshiping. We got together one time. We'd got the backer put out and it turned dry. And everybody knows, well, not everybody. You ought to know you need water when you reset tobacco or tomatoes or anything else. It's got to have water. And it turned dry just as we planted tobacco. And we all got together at the church. Now listen to me carefully. And the women, every one of them that came to pray for rain, brought umbrellas. They were expecting it to rain before they left the building. And that set something in my heart to this day. They come for a purpose, they prayed for a reason, and they brought something for the results that was on the way. They didn't want to get wet walking back home. Well, nobody drove to church down there. Everybody walked to church. Hello? You ever been up in old country dirt roads? Houses a half mile, three-quarter mile, mile apart. What are you saying? I'm saying everybody that was there walked about a mile to church except my clan, and it was just across the backer patch. My great-grandpa gave the land to build the church on. Grandpa Reynolds gave the land to build the church on. And he put in the stipulations, this is always to be a church and church property and always to be a free will Baptist church. You say, why did he do that? Because he believed free will Baptist doctrine. He believed they as close as they could be to God. You know, I didn't know that until I was grown. Went over there to preach. I didn't know it was free will Baptist. You know why, Brother Richard? They never preached doctrine. They preached Jesus. Him crucified. That's what they preached. They're trying to get you saved, not to be a free will Baptist. I can get you on the free will Baptist roll and you still be lost. I'm working on a building, amen, a building that God only can make. I'm trying to get you to Jesus, get you to the cross, get you to repent of your sin, grab up your tool and go to work. How many is willing? I'm going to pick on you, sis. How many is Answer in advance is yes. I'm mean, ain't I? I ain't mean? Okay, thank you, honey. You're one of my favorites. You're one of the few that think I ain't mean. I'm mean, ain't I, Chris? See there, Chris says I'm mean. Mean as you are? Meaner? Let's get back on the subject. We're working on a building, not trying to tire the preacher down. Amen. 
But I want to tell you, I've got scripture for that. Woe unto the man that everyone speaks well of. Boy, I must really be something in God's eyes because there ain't too many people speak well of me at all. Woo, I must be on the right track, plowing in the right field, doing the right thing because it's ruffling feathers. <laughs> hey, when I got saved, listen, I asked God, I said, make me just like Paul. I want to start a revival or a riot. I don't care as long as I stir something up for you. I've started a lot of riots. You know, people get mad when you tell them their pet. Oh, they get puffed up. They really get puffed up when the Holy Ghost sends a message and it's directed toward them. And you can see them, they'll bow up. They go to puffing up. How's he know what I'm doing? How's he know I've been doing that? Hey, who told him? I bet you told him that. I bet she told him. I bet they told him. No, the Holy Ghost told me just to preach on sin. It hit some of them. Are you willing to work? Now let me close this message. The church that you're sitting in. We had the first march for Jesus. I may remember those in Marion. There was 39 of us went and marched for Jesus that morning from this little church. 39 showed up to work. I was running a bulldozer. What are they going to do? Stand and watch me. When it come down to actual work, guess how many was there? Wasn't 39. It wasn't 30. It wasn't 20. I think it was about 12 of us showed up to mix mud to lay these blocks. I'll never forget my daddy and Big Rick. Big Rick make you look little. Yeah, he weighed 518 pounds. And Daddy said, I'll mix the mud, Rick. You just carry it to them. Well, Marty Bratton's crew, we had pans set out every five foot where them boys didn't have to reach for nothing, just turn around and get it. They lay more block that way. I'll never forget that. Daddy was mixing that mud and pouring it in that wheelbar, and time Rick got it shoveled out and come back, he dumped it again. I mean, Rick never got no break. About two hours of that, old big Rick was going... <laughs> And daddy said, big man, what's the matter with you? He said, Slim, you've killed me. <laughs> so daddy grabbed the wheelbar and started shoveling cement too. Said, sit down over there. But see, he went to his capacity. He never quit. He just kept getting slower and slower. <laughs> Listen, it don't take long for a big man to run out of juice. Say amen right there. Amen. But he'd done what he could. Them boys laid these blocks. I was trying to remember how many blocks here. It's over 4,000. They laid them in two Saturdays. Amen. Did they lay some block? Just as fast as we could carry them to it and mix mud for them. Them boys laid some block. I want to tell you something. When God's in it, every little bit helps. If we didn't have Big Rick to roll that wheelbar those two hours, somebody else would have had to. Are you listening? I'll never forget Gerald Nana. We went to pour this floor and we had to have sand down and had to have it sprayed uh, for termites. Uh, and Gerald and Anna come down here with a red wagon. 
and carried that in here and spread that sand out. Forty ton I had piled up out there. Two tractor and trailer loads. And they put 90% of it in here with a shovel and a red wagon. Are you willing to work on the building? Are you really? Are you really? Are you willing to sweat? Are you willing to give it your all? Are you willing to give anything for God? Hey, how many of you would bring your little red wagon? Uh, Ooh, thank you, Jesus. (laughs) No, most of us try to take our little red wagon and our two cents and go to the house. And I come down here that evening from work and Gerald and Anna about had all that spread and I thought, unto God. Your daddy loaned us his little old tractor that bucket on it and I finished it up with it. I'll never forget that. And I thought, am I that willing to take a little red wagon? They didn't even have a wheelbar. A little red child's wagon and spread sand. No, we just stood out there and said, unto God, why didn't a preacher have a wheelbar here or a tractor with a bucket on it so I could tell him how to run it and how to spread it? Oh, you missed a place over yonder, preacher. Instead of just going and doing what you could with what you had. Hello. I don't know about you, but my dream was so real this morning. I saw Anderson Branch Free Will Baptist Church, that little white country church in the frame and standing. And partial roof was all it was on it. And God saying, who's going to work on the building? Then he told me this as I was waking up. And I didn't want to wake up. I wanted to stay with God in that message. He said to me and to say to you, Will you? Will you show up? Will you stand up? Will you participate? And then he began to give me some things. He said, Are they paying their tithes? Are they testifying? Are they singing? Are they coming to Sunday school? You say, Sunday school ain't important. Oh, yes, it is, friend. That's part of building a church. A church that don't have a Sunday school, doubtful, very doubtful they have a future because they're not teaching the young folks what church is really all about. It's about learning the Word of God. And applying it to our life. So God was asking me those questions. And I'm trying to go back to sleep. Because I want to hear the rest of the story. And he said the rest of the story is at church. That's why I was so eager to get to church. I just wanted to take up an offer and see what else he had to say. But I had to preach this morning, didn't I? Why? That's my portion. That's my part. I can do a little bit of everything. But I hope I'm better at preaching than anything I can do. I hope I am. Pray that I am. I study to hope and pray I learn something that I can give you. I don't want to give uh, what you understand. I just want to get on your level where I can give you Jesus. 
I want to keep it down simple where anybody can understand it. These little children go home and tell somebody about Jesus and about the love and the mercy. I'm building the building, amen. Are you going to help me? Are you going to give your effort? Are you going to give your tithes and your talents and your time, most of all, to the work of God? When we call for a work day, will you show up with your hammer, your trowel, whatever needs to be done? Or just show up and say, I'll be a laborer. Or be like Marvin, I've come to be the boss man. He's a pretty good boss man. You know what? He won't let you slow up. He'll crack a whip on you. What are you doing taking a break? Don't settle for our life, Marvin. It's all true. But he knows what he's good at. What about you? What have you given? Now let me finish. For God so loved the world that he gave. So he asked me to ask you, what do you give him? First thing God wants from you is you. He wants you. We've got a lot of faces missing this morning. Did anybody notice? Did anybody notice who they were? And take note in your heart and pray for them? A couple of them I know. Most of them I, I hadn't heard a word, so I don't know why they're not here. Isn't it sad that we don't know where our family's at, where they're sick or not. That's sad that we don't know whether we need to lift them up in prayer or pray that they get fired back up. Isn't that sad today? They never showed up to take their part and their portion in this service. That's the reason I'm fat. I have to eat a lot of other portions. Don't bother me a bit. I don't mind eating. I love seconds and thirds and fourths. And all I can hold, when it comes to the Holy Ghost, I want to be overflowing. <laughs> if you don't want it, just sit back there and say, give it to him, God. Just load it on him. I'll take it all. Let's stand to our feet. He said, Peter, upon this rock I'll build my church, and hell shall not prevail against it. In Acts chapter number 2, verse number 47, he said, Praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Are you with me? Say amen. The altar's open. If you need to come pray, make your way up here right now. Give a commitment unto God, but what you commit, make sure you're willing to perform or don't make a commitment at all. And great fear, this is Acts 5 and 11, and great fear came upon all the church and upon as many as heard these things. You know, it's fearful to fall in the hands of a just and living God and come up short. So if you're here this morning the Holy Ghost has spoke to your heart, you need to come and pray. Would you come right now? Kneel in this altar. Say, God, I'm recommitting myself to the work of the Lord. Lord, let me do it with all my might. With all my being. Father, I thank you for allowing me to be here this morning to be a part of this service. And God, I thank you that my people have heard your voice this morning and they're responding. God, help us all to realize 
the church will be in shambles if we don't do our portion. And God, we understand that we're going to have opposition, the flesh, sometimes our family, sometimes our friends, our job, the world, sometimes even our church family. But God, help us stay faithful to the church. To the name Jesus, may we give honor by being at church. And Lord, being saved is confirmation that we believe that God is God and His Son died for us. So Lord, would you please do that which I'm not able to here this morning, to touch every heart and every life. God, help us to be committed unto the work of God to give honor and glory to your precious name. Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Acts chapter number 8, verse number 1, And Saul was consenting unto his death, and at that time there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem. and They were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentations over him. Verse 3, As for Saul, he made havoc of the church. Which side are you on? Entering into every house and hailing men and women, committing them to prison. Therefore they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. The trouble with today's crowd, when the devil scatters them, they go home and hide. As they used to tell me when I was a little boy, they tuck their tail and run. I remember my daddy gave me some great instructions as I was growing up. You would never know it by looking at me, but I was very bad to fight. It didn't take nothing to set me off to bust somebody's head. My daddy tried to teach me never to start a fight. He tried to teach me that. So don't blame my parents for what I turned out to be. But in the same breath, brother, he turned around and said, let me tell you something. Don't you never run from one either. The trouble with church folk that I found out in serving God 35 years, they're bad to run when they need to stand and fight. Because if... Satan can get you running. You need to study the Bible. Your back's exposed and he'll send an arrow right between your shoulder blades. There's Bible for that. If Satan gets me, he's going to get me facing him, not running. Because I'm covered by the blood. And he can't get through the blood. <laughs> he can't get through that blood. So stay under the blood. Amen. 
Preacher forgot anything. Boy, it may be a first. <laughs> 